Welcome to the You Belong podcast put on by Faith Young Adults, where no matter who you are, where you're from, or what you've done, you belong. I'm your host, Braden Benvenuti. Let's get real. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the You Belong podcast. I'm your host, Braden Benvenuti, and let's get into today's podcast. So excited for you guys tuning in. Thank you so much if you're listening to on Apple, if you're listening on Spotify, wherever you're listening to. Thanks so much for tuning in. I have had such a great time doing this podcast and thinking about what to say and being on here, being able to talk to you guys. I hope it's been challenging, encouraging, whatever you want to call it. hope it's been inspiring you. And so let's get into it. We're going to be continuing our conversation on what it means to be a true follower of Christ. So this is part three of this little series that we're talking about because we need to know what it is, what it takes to be a true follower of Christ. And so have you guys ever tried to accomplish something with a team? You know, but there's a couple team members who are all about themselves, or maybe all of your team members are, whether it's a, a team like a sports team, or if it's a school project or a work project, maybe you have to work with people and everybody only cares about themselves. It's pretty difficult to have success, right? They only care about their own success and not the team's success. They don't give up their own glory for the team, right? They only care about people seeing them, seeing what they can do, glorifying themselves, and they're not giving that up for the team's glory or the team's success. And so it's almost impossible to accomplish anything or win with a team, or do good on a project, or accomplish something in the workspace if the team is full of selfish people, right? Everybody is worried about getting their own way, and nothing works, right? You got star players on teams, or people who think they're star players, and it it just doesn't work because all they care about is themselves, and that ends up hurting the rest of the team. In order for a team to be successful, everybody has to be unselfish and give up their own success for the team's success. All right, you can't have your own plan, you can't have your own strategy. You have to be bought in with the team's strategy. Right? Whatever it is, if you're if you're on a sports team now or maybe you're trying to do something with a group of friends, you're trying to put an event on, but somebody wants it this way, they want the event to be about themselves and what they can do. The event's not going to go as planned if everybody's not bought into the same vision, same same strategy for success. So this was a thing that happened when I played high school basketball. You know, our team, we had some people who were in it for themselves. We had some team, good teammates. You know, there was a mix. And so something our coach always told us was you got to be bought in to what we're doing, right? The coach is, is leading us and saying everybody's got to be bought in to our plan if we're going to be successful as a team. If we're going to have a winning season, everybody must be bought in to our plan that we have. And so that was what we said every practice. That's what we said before every game. Are you bought into the strategy going into this game? Because if not everybody is bought in, people are going to be on different pages. People are going to be going out there looking for their own success, their own glory. And you know what that's going to result in? It's going to result in a loss for the team. You have to have everybody on the team bought into what you're doing if you want to have success right everybody has to give up their own plan they have to give up their own way that they want to go and they have to give in to what the coach is trying to 
persuade you to do what the coach is giving you know the plan the coach has the plan that the assistant coach has right whatever strategy they put in place the whole team has to be bought into that if the team is going to be a winning team for that season and so I think we saw as a team there were games we lost because people weren't bought into what we were doing and there was games we won and the reason we won is because everybody was bought in everybody was playing as a team passing the ball everybody wanted the other person to be successful they didn't care about what they wanted or their own success. They cared about the teammate. And so when you're caring about each other's success and the team as a whole is going to do better, it's going to be successful. But when people are worried about their own glory or their own shine, you know, looking good in front of people, that's when things fall apart because then not everybody's on the same plan. Never, nobody's on the same page. And so then that's when teams start to lose. That's when teams derail. Is right there is when everybody cares about themselves the same is true in life in order to be a christian you have to give up your own plan right you have to give up your own way it's not about you it's about jesus being a follower of jesus means giving up your own life means giving up your own life being a christian you can't worry about your own success or your own glory right you have to give up your own way and you need to be bought into what jesus is going to do in your life Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 is a fantastic verse, very challenging, but it sums up being a Christian in a couple sentences, really one sentence. Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So we've got three things right there. If any of you wants to be my follower, that's, you know, Right there in the beginning. It says you must give up your own way. It's number one. Number two, take up your cross. And number three, follow me. So that big that big thing right there, the first thing is you must give up your own way. It says it right there in Matthew. You must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. Jesus, he did not follow his way. He gave up his own way to follow the Father's plan. He picked up his cross literally carried his cross that he was going to die on so that we could have relationship with God. So Jesus, he set the pace. We must give up our own way. Our natural tendency is to be selfish and to make our own plans for our life, right? We have our five-year plan, our 10-year plan of what job we got, who we're going to marry, how we're going to be successful, this and that, what life will look like, how many kids, what their names are going to be, right? We got our whole life planned out from a young age. We have our whole life planned out from a young age all the way until we're young adults or even further down the road when you're older. You still plan your life. And as believers, we should follow God's plan for our life and not our own, right? It should be what God wants for us and not what we want for ourselves. Being a Christian means getting out of the comfortable life and walk in faith. There's a story in the Bible where we can learn what it looks like to give up our own well-being and walk in faith. It's a, not a super, this part of the story isn't super well known. And so you might not know who this is, but this story is just, it lays it out on, on what it looks like to put your faith in Jesus for your life and not worry about your own well-being. And so this story takes place in the Old Testament, and it is when the Israelites had just escaped Egypt. So the Israelite slaves who Moses took out of Egypt, this is where we're at, and they're close to the promised land that God had promised to bring them to. 
So this story in the Bible takes place when the Israelites had escaped Egypt and they're close to the promised land. So this is when Moses rescued all the slaves from Israel and got them out and now they're close to getting to the promised land and the promised land is what God had said he's going to take them to, right? He promised to bring them to this land. And so this is where the the story's taken place and our kind of our main character of this little story is Caleb. Goes by the name of Caleb. And so we're here they're trying to get to the promised land, right? So imagine millions of people they're they're all in the desert, they're looking, they're they've been traveling and they're looking to get into this other piece of land that God has promised them to. It's the the land flowing milk and honey. Milk and honey is flowing in this land. So super super amazing piece of land that God is just like completely just blessed. And so this is where they're trying to go. And so they have to see what it's like first cuz there's people occupying that land at that like at that time. And so Moses sent spies, one from each of the 12 tribes. So they have 12 tribes of Israel, and so there is one dude from each of those tribes to go together. So 12 guys are going into that territory to scout it out to see who they're about to fight, who they have to take over to get into this land God has promised them. And so among them were Joshua and Caleb. These were two of the guys that were going to spy, two of the the people that represented two of those tribes. And so all the spies came back, and they, they agreed on the richness of the land, how amazing it was, it's everything God said it was. But ten of them, ten of the twelve, said Israel could not conquer it because it's people that were there were too powerful, and their cities, there was like fortresses, super protected. And only Caleb and Joshua dared to contradict these other 10, right? So only two out of the 12, Joshua and Caleb, they were like, well, hold on. And so they were going against it. And so and so, the story picks up in Numbers, book of Numbers, chapter 13, verses 30 through 33. And that says, this is right after what I've just kind of summarized. And it says, but Caleb tried to quiet the people as they stood before Moses and said, let's go at once to take the land. We can certainly conquer it. Verse 31, But the other men who had explored the land with him disagreed. We can't go up against them. They are stronger than we are. So they spread this bad report about the land among the Israelites. The land we traveled through and explored will devour anyone who goes to live there. All the people we saw were huge. We even saw giants there. Next to them, we felt like grasshoppers, and that's what they thought too. And so the rest of these ten spies that went to go see this place that God has promised them, they're like, there's no way we can go there. We're going to die. We cannot conquer them. There's no way, right? Basically saying God is wrong. He he can't get us there. This is the land that God promised them. And 10 of the 12 spies are saying we can't, we can't be there. But Joshua and Caleb are saying, oh, hold on. God has been faithful. He can get us to this promised land. And so God was so angry at the Israelites for their lack of faith in him that he forced them to wander in the desert for 40 years until that entire generation had died. And that's all except Joshua and Caleb. So everybody who was a part of that, who was a part of that generation of those spies going to look at the promised land and said that they couldn't defeat the people there, had no faith in God, God made them wander the desert for 40 years until the entire generation had died. But he spared Joshua and Caleb, the two spies who had faith in God, 
to get into the promised land and take over. So after the Israelites returned, after all the 40 years of wandering and they conquered the land, Joshua was the new leader and he actually gave Caleb territory around Hebron. And after the Israelites returned and they conquered the land, right? 40 years had passed. They finally conquered the promised land. Joshua, one of those of the two spies that were had faith in God, he was there. He's the new leader. And he actually gave Caleb territory in the promised land, right? He gave that territory to Caleb to own some land. Caleb had faith in God's plan to get them to the promised land and God's power to defeat the enemy, right? He had faith in God's power to defeat the giants, to defeat the people they thought they couldn't beat because it wasn't going to be in their own strength. It was going to be in God's. And so all the other 10 spies wanted to, they wanted to stay comfortable where they were. They're like, let's not go into this fight. We're all going to die. We're going to lose. There's no point, right? We need to save ourselves. We need to stay comfortable where we're at. They wanted to preserve their own life. And what ended up happening was they ended up losing their life. And Caleb, by giving up his life, found his life in God, right? Caleb was the one to speak up and say, hold on, we can go take this. We can conquer this land. He had faith in God to do that. He was giving up his comfortability. He was giving up the preservation of his own life and had put his faith in God to defeat these people to get into the promised land. We have to get out of the comfortable and into the uncomfortable. We have to get out of comfortable and into the uncomfortable. I can imagine going into that fight, they probably were a little worried, but Caleb's like, I have faith in God. His power is going to defeat these people. It's not going to be us. So he gave up, you know, wanting to to survive or that fear of dying. He gave all that up for God, and he had the faith that, no, we're going to go in there, and we're going to conquer the land that God has promised us. He got out of the comfortability, and he got uncomfortable. He put his faith in God. Think about if Jesus acted like we do sometimes. If Jesus acted like those 10 spies, he was like, whoa, I don't know about this plan, God. You want me to go down there to earth, live a perfect life, and then die for all these people? They're going to kill me? What if Jesus didn't want to do that? And he came down here and he wanted to be a selfish king and rule like everybody thought he would, right? We would be doomed as a people, right? If he followed a selfish plan, he followed his own way that he wanted, used his power in the wrong way. Imagine if Jesus lived like we do and we're, we're trying to get our own gain our own glory, our own success in life, make our own plans. If Jesus does that, we have no way to salvation. We have no way to enter into relationship with God. So if Jesus set the pace, he followed God's plan, not his own. He followed God's plan, the Father's plan, to sacrifice his life for us. He gave up his life so that we could have salvation. If Jesus went the other way, we would be in trouble. We would all be, we'd all have no way to be saved. And so Jesus thankfully followed the Father's plan and went through with what was planned all along, which was to live the perfect life and die as a sacrifice for our sins so that we wouldn't have to pay for our sins. So thankful that Jesus did that and that he didn't live like we do sometimes. And so we see that example. Jesus was the most unselfish person on this planet to ever live, right? He, he put everything aside for others. He put everything aside for God's plan. Being a Christian is being like Jesus. And in order to be like Jesus, we have to be unselfish. We have to give up our own ways. 
Many people say they're a Christian, but still live a selfish life. Many people say they're a Christian, but still make life decisions without talking to God first. Many people say they're a Christian, but still make no sacrifices for God or others. Many people say they're a Christian, but still live for their own glory instead of God's glory. Many people say they're a Christian, but still make their own life plans instead of following God's plans. So many people say they're a Christian, but they do all these things for themselves, for their own glory, to be comfortable, to set up a successful life when they're old, to stay in that comfortable lane of there's no risk, there's no faith involved, they're going to trust in their own hard work, trust in their own plan, and that's going to end up biting them in the butt. And we're going to see it right here in this scripture, Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. It says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Man, that's such a good verse. Matthew 10, 39. And I challenge you to, to memorize this, read it. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for me, you will find it. Right? If, we, if we're all about ourselves, if we, we try and make our life the best it can be and, and only focus on that, and we're selfish and, and just trying to gain more things, gain more wealth, gain more prosperity, right? We're going to lose it all in the end. We're going to die, and we can't take any of that with us. We're going to miss the point. But if you give up your life for God, it says you will find it. If you give up all these earthly things, if you give up all the success and the prosperity and the, the comfortable lifestyle, if you give it all up for God, you end up going to find life, just like Caleb found life, right? The 10 spies who said they can't defeat the people in the promised land, God ended up wiping them out in the next 40 years after that. But what happened to Caleb, right? God spared his life because he had faith in God that he was going to deliver them to the promised land. So when we try to take over and worry too much about our own earthly success, we will lose it all. When we let God take control of our life, we gain everything we need. Right, I'm going to say that one more time. When we try to take over and worry too much about our own earthly success, we will lose it all. But when we let God take control of our life, we gain everything we need. Being a Christian is giving up your own way. It's taking up your cross daily, and it's following him. Right? We have to give up our life. we got to take up our cross and follow him. we gotta, we got to put in some effort into our side of the, la- of the relationship with God. So stop worrying about setting up a comfortable life. Stop worrying about money and having to get enough money to, to be at some point in your life, to be at a high level in your job. Stop worrying about trying to climb the ladder or getting a, ju- a good job that's that paying well. Find something that you can bring glory to God through. Find a job that you can have passion for and, and love people and encourage people, right? Make everything about God. Give up your own selfish desires for God's desires. When we try to take over and worry too much about our own earthly success, we will lose it. We will lose it all if we care too much about that. If that's the main focus, we will lose it. But when we let God take control, when we put all our faith in God, when we give up everything, give up our life for God, we'll 
have everything we need. Thank you guys so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope this was challenging. Hope it was encouraging to live a true Christian life. That's all I got for you guys. Peace out.